please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Let me tell you, this interview today is endlessly amazing. So I interviewed a friend of mine, Amber Brown Short. Um, We met through our toddlers. We live in the same small town outside of Asheville, um, and our ta- we were like at a restaurant once and our toddlers were just kind of like peekabooing each other and playing together. It was super cute. And we've just like stayed friends and I love everything that Amber has to offer, everything she has to teach us through this episode and through all of her amazing offerings. I was really stoked to learn about the orbit of Venus, especially because that was, you know, as an astrologer myself, and that was something I had never learned about yet. Wow, just so much cool stuff. Amber's a really inspiring person, so listen, hear her story of resilience and recovery and motherhood and spiritual awakening and somatic healing and just so much stuff. I don't even want to spoil the episode. You just have to listen to it. There's so many nuggets of wisdom throughout, interesting stories, all kinds of great stuff. So stay tuned and listen. And then also just as a little reminder, um, so I left some of our like pre-episode banter up because I thought it was cute. We had a lot of um, technical difficulties and so we were chatting about like astrology and our kids and um, things like that before the episode started. So I left some of it because also she mentioned my retreat and I just was like, oh, thanks for that plug and I want to plug it again to you guys. If you are local to the Asheville area... I'm starting seasonal full moon mini retreats starting in September with the full moon that coincides pretty much pretty closely with the fall equinox. And so you can look for those mini retreats coming up on every, you know, full moon that coincides with an equinox or solstice. And the very first one is happening in September. There's a link to it in the show notes. You can find more details. There's a Facebook event. If you go to my Yogi Scopes Facebook page, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S. You can dig around there. You can dig around on my Instagram. Actually, I haven't posted on Instagram yet, but I just today, uh, Tuesday the 17th, let tickets go live to the public. They were only live to my email list. So now they're live for the public. They're on the Facebook event. It's on my website. You can find it. It's going to be great. I really hope to see you there. If you're local, it's on a Monday. If you're not local and you can travel here, Um, it's on a Monday, so if you can make plans to be in the area, I would so love to see y'all there. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Is Mercury in retrograde right now? (laughs) No, it's not. There's shouldn't be anything wrong. So I, can figure out. I don't know. Um, it's funny. Mercury is in Leo, in fact, so it should be a good time for communicating and technology. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. But, um, well, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So. By the way, again. congratulations on your um, retreat coming up. I was just looking at oh, the details thanks. about. 
So welcome to another episode of the Science of Light. I'm Rosemary, and today I'm joined by Amber Brown Short. Hi, Amber. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for being here. And despite all of the challenges we've had, technical difficulties, mom difficulties <laughs> on both of our ends, we've had to reschedule because of sick kids, both of us. <laughs> and now we live out in the country and my rural internet is acting up. Who would have thunk? <laughs> but thank you so much for trudging through and being here. I'm super grateful. I'm super excited to hear about what you have to share today thank you. to learn from you. Thank you. So would you mind just sharing your story? Yeah. Such a broad question. Any bits or pieces, big or small, that you feel like called to share today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you for asking me to come on and all the things that we're, <laughs> we've been talking about talking about today are my favorite things to talk about. So I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, I, um, well, I, li- I live in, um, right outside Asheville, North Carolina, and, um, I'm a mom. I've got a two-year-old daughter and another one on the way. Um, but I, I would say that really my story quote unquote began or really like things started for me, um, by getting into recovery and I I have, and I have, you know, quite a bit of childhood trauma and, and addiction early on in my life. I turned to drugs and alcohol, like, I don't know, the age of like 13 or 14 and, and spent, you know, my whole really like teenage years just running away, you know, from, um, myself really. And, and, and I just had no idea how to cope other than, reaching out to drugs and alcohol and toxic boys and eating disorder and all the above. And, and I actually reached, ended up reaching out for help in my early twenties. I was 20 and somehow like managed to get into recovery at that age. I don't know how that happened, but, um, I, something in me really wanted something different and, and really just like knew that I was put on this planet for something more, but, but that this lifestyle I was living, I wasn't able to, to fulfill my purpose here on earth. So I went to treatment and I got sober and, and that was really the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And I, and I know that, um, that was in 2011 and, and that was, it was right before, oh gosh, the, uh, what is the name of it? There was an astrological event that happened in 2012. I think. Oh yeah. I can't, the, I can't, well, everybody was talking about the Mayan calendar. Yeah. And yeah. Like 12, 12, 12. Right. I don't know. I was, I was a little bit beginning my addiction kind of then uh-huh. um, Yeah, when it turned from like just partying yeah. normal teenage stuff to like, I can't stop. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't as into astrology as I am now. So yeah. I can tell you, but I do remember we had an end of the world party. Yes. Yeah. When the <laughs> world was supposed to end. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I was, um, that was really like where I feel like my spiritual awakening started. And, and yeah, I, I went back and did research on it because I start, I've started hearing, especially the more I dive into astrology, I, I've been hearing more about people, people's lives really starting to shift around that point. I th- mm. And I can't, I, I wish I could remember exactly what the astrological event was, but regardless, it was a, whatever 
whatever it was, it was some, something pretty significant. And, um, yeah, so then I, I, you know, I, and I found, I did find purpose. Like I, I became a massage therapist and went through a whole somatic level of healing. And I've worked in the addiction industry for, for a long time as a, as a counselor and a coach and just learned how to heal myself in an emotional way and was a guide for others in that way for a long time. And then I, I had my daughter a little over two years ago, and that was really where things opened up on like a whole other level that I, I didn't even really know was possible because I, I was always pretty like, you know, open and spiritual before that. But when I had her it, and, and, you know, kind of shortly after that COVID happened and we all went into mm-hmm. quarantine and I just opened up completely and really utilize that time to come back to myself, which was really like a healing transformational process, honestly. And, and since then I've had, I've had just a whole nother level of spiritual awakening come through and I've stepped more into my power as a, as a mom and as a woman and a partner and a coach and really just like guiding people back to the feminine, you know, and in all the different ways that it manifests in our world <laughs> in a short answer. So that's a little bit about me, but yeah. That's really amazing. And I love that too, about the like motherhood as another step into spiritual awakening. Cause I really feel like it's, it's like, it gives you this connection to, I don't know, like some people say like the veil is thin because you literally bring a a brand new spirit, a brand new soul Mm. into this Mm -hmm. world. Yeah. Once you've gone through that, I don't know. Some people I guess can ignore it or not have language for it, but it's pretty Mm -hmm. amazing to hear that that's been your experience and you've found that spiritual connection through that. Cause Mm -hmm. I just love that. Um, Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. It's like the initiation. (laughs) Yeah. So could you, so was that related to your shift from kind of working primarily in recovery circles into working with divine feminine empowerment? Uh, Yes. Short answer. Totally. Yeah. She, you know, and having, I think having a daughter really activated that for me. I mean, I always loved working with women before, before having her, but I really tapped into my own feminine femininity after having her, especially, you know, just during that whole period, like with COVID and, and, uh, you know, having us to come inside, it's just so, uh, it was just perfect. Like I had, you know, coming, coming inside and slowing down and Mm. I took a lot of things off my plate and I really just like came back into my body in a whole way that I, that I had never lived before. I, before I had my daughter, I, I've, I, I come from a family that's very like toxic masculinity and there's Mm. like a lot of value in that and Mm. worthiness stuff that comes from like overworking and, you know, being perfect and, you know, just taking Mm -hmm. on too many things and not connecting with myself or anybody else. So I lived, I mean, my whole life has been like that up until, yeah, having my daughter for sure. Yeah. So. Wow. I resonate with that a lot. Um, Yeah. Isn't it amazing how when you like take time to slow down and take like intentionally clear out your schedule, your energy, all of this stuff, what is able to take its place? 
Oh my gosh. Absolutely. 110%. (laughs) It's like, I mean, it's an opening, you know, for, it's for connection, you know, with either other human beings or spirit or anything, you know? Yeah. Wow. So I'm curious about the Rose Sisterhood and all of the Mm -hmm kind of rose things you incorporate now. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me Mm -hmm. more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, and that's another thing that's kind of been born through, um, motherhood for me, uh, specifically my daughter, my, my husband, when when she was born, we had like a few different names picked out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then when she was born, we like threw them all out the window and he just like, he just like knew her name. It was the most interesting thing I've ever seen. He was like, her name is Lila Rose. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, it is like, she just, it just, she's a Lila. She just is a Lila Rose, you know, like it just, that's what her name was. And, and we had never talked about either one of those names, like never. And it just came out of nowhere. And so I started to, um, that was kind of like my first, I would say, I don't know, like maybe like seed being dropped for me Uh (laughs) with Rose energy. And, um, you know, I'm trying to remember how, yeah, I will say that my, my connection, my, my personal connection with the Rose, with Rose energy came through my, um, connection with Mary Magdalene, which is a whole nother story that I won't get into right now, but Um, she's very connected with Rose energy and it all, it, and, and like just the divine feminine, like it all kind of came to me at at once. It was like this huge download that just planted in my life. And I just start, it was like, it came through in subtle ways. Like I started to really just notice Rose. Like I, everywhere I looked, everyone had rose bushes in their yard, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I would, or I would see like roses on the bed sheets where I would go, you know, stay in there, you know, stay at my mom's house or something, yeah. just little things like that. And, um, I started to do, I just got curious. Like I started doing some research and, um, I learned, I learned that there's, there's this, I just learned all these really fascinating things specifically about rose energy and, and like the physical plant, like the physical plant itself is one of the oldest plants that we know of on this earth. And it comes from, it was born in Egypt and there's actually a a story, a myth. I don't, this is a myth. I don't know if anyone really knows if this is true or not, but I believe it to be true is that when, um, Jesus was crucified back in, in the Egypt area, Mary Magdalene was at his feet and she cried. She, when she cried tears and those tears landed on the ground, the rose bushes grew from, from those tears on the ground. And, um, the rose plant itself has a vibration that's much higher than other plants. Like it's, I believe the vibration, if you actually like measure the frequency it's 700 and and something i don't know exactly know the the title of what they measure those but it's and 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 humans are like less than 100 oh, wow. is our normal frequency vibration so it has a really high vibrational you know uh frequency 
And so I personally use rose medicine in, in my, in my life. And that's, and that's when I really started to work with it. Like I did a, um, dieta with rose energy, with rose medicine, which is a lot of people, um, do dietas with ayahuasca. Like they'll do like a fast mm. and there's a lot of meditation and chanting and, uh, then they'll consume, consume the plant and, and, um, over like a period of time for me, I, I did it for, I think it was two weeks long. I was, I was working with a woman and, and, and you, you have to cut out certain things. So anyways, I, I did that and I use it in, um, you know, like I'll do like bath rituals and mm. anyway, so I started doing all these different things and I really feel like it helped me awaken my, this whole feminine awakening that I went through. And, and the more that I've do- dove into it, the more I've learned about how the, how the rose plant is really just another manifestation of the divine feminine. And so if you think about like the frequency of the divine feminine, the, the very beginning of that is, is Sophia, which is a, which is what they call like the, um, the mother God, the mother goddess. And that she actually birthed herself. And there's, and since her, there's been all these different uh, archetypes of the divine feminine. One of them is the planet Venus. You know, there's all these different uh, goddesses and priestesses and women, you know, physical women, like in Egypt, the goddess Isis, the mother goddess is a great representation. Uh, Mary Magdalene from the Christian religion there's Inanna from the, um, oh my gosh, the, I can't remember what they're called, Metho, Metho, Metho something, I can't remember what their culture was called. But uh, anyway, so, and then the rose plant is is like a physical representation of the divine feminine. And so we all have the divine feminine within us. It just shows up in these different ways in our physical world that we can connect with to guide us further into our femininity. So that's really what the Rose sisterhood is to me, or, you know, the Rose, the Rose lineage, you'll hear that, that term called a lot, um, is, is really that it's that, it's that thread. And a lot of people call it the red thread is, is the thread that, that lives in us all that we can, we can all connect to, whether we're, male, female bodied, anybody can connect to this red thread. That is that femininity that lives within us all. It's just different things that manifest in the world, like a rose plant or some kind of goddess figure or the planet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, they all help, they all help us connect to that. If that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, and I just want to quickly say if anybody wanted to learn more about the Mary Magdalene thing you were talking about. Your YouTube channel is a good place for that. I'll link it. Mm-hmm. But then this is what this is bringing up for me and making me think of is, um, so in astrology, we talk about there's the moon cycle and the moon waxes and wanes over the month. And as people like women, people that menstruate um, and kind of go through that cycle, the moon cycle, it's sometimes called, we like, 
might tend to be more in touch with the way our energy and our feelings kind of wax and wane throughout the month. And then you could connect that to the placement of the moon or not and just notice it. Um, and then there's like the solar cycle that's the more masculine. It's just every day it rises and falls mm-hmm. and it's very fire element. Like you were saying earlier, kind of that, that can go into toxic masculine energy of just go, go, go. Don't mm-hmm. pay attention to your energy levels as they wax and wane throughout the month, just mm-hmm. go, go, go every single day without stopping. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some ways I see that energy manifest, but I'm super curious about Venus because mm-hmm. in Vedic mm-hmm. astrology, we see that as the representation of love of the finer things of sometimes feminine energy, mm-hmm. um, art, creativity, luxury, things like that, um, mm-hmm. is kind of my mm-hmm. conceptualization of Venus, but I have heard mm-hmm. little, like I've gotten inklings of like the way Venus moves and stuff. I'm just way more familiar personally with the sun and the moon and, and those kind of constructs. So could mm-hmm. you tell me more about mm-hmm. Venus? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I, I just want to say is, uh, um, just that I don't, you know, I don't label myself an astrologer. I'm not an astrologer at all. I just have a minor obsession with <laughs> That's fine. Venus, <laughs> which is why I know a lot about her and I'm definitely not an expert on Venus, but I do follow her, uh, her journey. And I'm so fascinated by her orbit and one, and that the, the things that I do, or what I do know about astrology is that, is that the, a lot of the characteristics that we get from specific planets mm-hmm. come from their orbit and the orbit of Venus is so intentional. It's like, it's like, it's like, I look at it and it's like, there's, you know, it's just, it just, it, it's such an obvious sign that like magic is real because <laughs> there's no way that that could have right. been an accident. Like how her, uh, her, her orbit, her, her, her orbit goes and so the way that Venus, um, she has an eight-year cycle, and so f- she'll start at one point, and she does this journey where she goes up. She goes up above the Earth, or at least let, let me well, let me pause there for a second. That this is the orbit orbit in terms of if you're watching her from Earth, right? So if, so if you're watching her from you know somebody somebody long 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 time ago. <laughs> watched Venus in from earth and tracked her cycle. So that's how we know what, what this is, but which fun fact, this is Mm -hmm. all of astrology, all of astrology. When we talk about where the planets are, it's like from our point of view, not like where they actually Mm -hmm. are in space. I have an episode about that, um, that I did with an actual, not an astronomer. She won't let me call her an astronomer, but she works on a giant telescope, a friend of mine. Anyway. So that's, if anybody wants to learn more about that, I have an episode about it. It's called Mm. astronomy versus Mm -hmm. astrology. Um, Mm. it's an earlier one anyway. So Venus from earth orbit. Yeah. So, yeah. So her, so what she'll do is at the beginning of that eight year cycle, she'll go up above earth. Like you can see her in this, in this, in the sky. Uh, and you'll, and they call that the, um, heliacal, heliacal rise or no, sorry, heliacal, heliacal set. And then she'll go underneath earth and, and the, and I believe every one of those cycles is, and there's a lot of numerology stuff in here too, is I believe it's 18, 18 months. Mm. 
um, or I, it could be 19 months is like how long it takes for her to go, um, or how long she'll do that, do that cycle. And then she'll go underneath earth and then she'll, and she does that. And then she moves just a little bit. And so over eight year cycle, I believe she does seven, seven orbits total where she'll go up over the earth and then down underneath the earth. And if you watch her orbit in the sky, you get, you guys can look this up on, on YouTube or Google, just, just Google orbit of Venus. And you can actually see, like, if you follow, if you trace her orbit in the sky over that eight year period, it actually makes the figure of a rose in the sky. Whoa. <laughs> like no shit. It, 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 it actually makes a five, um, five petaled rose in the sky. And so it's like, I, like I, when I, when I learned this about Venus, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> because this, there's, it's so obvious that she is an embodiment of, of the divine feminine, you know, and of the, the Rose lineage, you know? And so anyways, and so a lot of, you know, a lot of women or, you know, people in in the world follow her, her orbit and her orbit actually mirrors the story of Anana and the story of, and, and, and that's what a lot of people believe is that Inanna was a physical, like a physical person representation of the Venus or of the planet Venus. And Inanna's story is that she was the queen of heaven and her sister was the queen of hell. And Inanna had a husband and, um, somebody, somebody killed him. I can't remember who it was. Somebody killed him and he went to his, her sister brought him to hell. And so she wanted to go, to go retrieve her husband. And she, everyone advised against it because everyone knows when you, when you would go down to the underworld that you wouldn't come back, but she went anyways. So she wanted to go find her husband. And so the, um, the way that the story goes is that she had to pass through seven gates to get to the underworld, to meet her sister. Her sister's name was Arash Gagal to, to get her husband back. And so every single one of those gates represents our chakras. She started at the crown, you know, went down to the uh, third eye, to the, to the throat, the heart, you know, wow. all the way down through each chakra and each, each chakra, she removed a layer of her garment. So like removed a layer of herself where she was, where, when she got down to the pass through the root chakra, all the way down to the underworld, she was completely exposed and she, you know, ex- exposed herself to her sister, asking for her to, you know, give her, <laughs> let her take her husband back, back uh, into the, into heaven with her. And her sister killed her and, um, actually like took her dead body. And like, there's stories that it's like this real dramatic scene where she took Arishkagal took Inanna's body and like hung it on this meat hook for like to be on display. And uh, Inanna's father, their father, he sent down these, um, I guess, angels of sort to go and to go try to retrieve Inanna's body. And, and it worked, which, you know, didn't happen. Like, you know, most people, when they would go down to the underworld, they wouldn't come back, but it worked. And so when she comes, when she came back up, she had to, um, 
put she she put on each layer of her garments that she had taken off and so she she comes back up through the um through each chakra and so it's like she every time every every chakra that she every gate that she would go through she would put on and it's like she was taking her power back mm. and i believe that she did she was able like when she finally you know um came back up through the crown chakra i believe she was able to bring her husband back to life uh, but so a Venus goes through the same journey, but the way the, what we call them or what, you know, in the, what a lot of people call them is that Venus, um, has these, when, when every time Venus conjuncts with the moon, mm-hmm. they call that a star, a stargate portal, a rose gate portal it's, has a couple different names or a chakra portal. But every time Venus conjuncts with the moon, that's what they call that is, is going through one of those gates because the, you know, the moon, just what you're saying, the moon is very feminine. So it's like these two feminine energies coming together and it happens once, once a month for during, um, during this orbit of Venus. And so right, actually right now just happened yesterday. Oh, I have by my, I mean, cause you know, I study Vedic astrology, but um, Uh I have that it's today. Oh well, really? Oh yeah. yeah. But either <laughs> well, that's way, perfect. Yeah. maybe it conjunct it. Well, it, they should have conjoined yesterday probably. And then they, the moon stays in the sign for about oh, right. yeah. two and a half days, you know, mm-hmm. or, yeah, roughly two and a half days. So yeah. Started yesterday. It's still happening. <laughs> it's so synchronistic. I, we, yeah. We, we totally didn't plan that either to, yeah. <laughs> to be having this conversation today, but yeah. So as of right now, I believe, uh, Venus is, yeah. So Venus is in her, um, I, sometimes I get the heliacal rise and heliacal set mixed, mixed up, but she's, mm-hmm. she's coming up back from the underworld. So she just passed or she's passing through, mm-hmm. I believe the solar plexus right now. Um, and so, you know, each, each can, each stargate portal, each, each conjunction gives us these different you know, lessons or information for us to embody the the feminine in, in our lives. So like right now it's all about how we can bring our power, you know, our power, how can we step more into our power in the solar plexus is, you know, mm-hmm. all about empowerment and being in my power. So it's, you know, it's like, it's a good reminder and it's a great portal for us, you know, especially with the feminine energy and, and the story of Inanna, it's, 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 it's like a guide for us, you know? And yeah. so I, I love to follow the orbit of Venus for that reason, because it's just, I mean, just like how people follow, you know, what you're saying, the orbit of the moon and the yeah. new moon and the full moon. And, um, the orbit of Venus is also a really great teacher for us and how we can stay connected to our femininity and, and, you know, move through the chakra systems and then also experience that death and the rebirth, you know, uh-huh. because when she travels all the way down into the, through each chakra gate into the underworld, she act, there's a, I think it's like a month and a half. It's a little bit shorter or longer depending on her cycle, but, but she, she dies, you know, Arishka mm-hmm. Gal, her sister it kills her. And so there's a, there's a death that happens. And we all know, <laughs> we all experience that we experience deaths at all, at multiple points throughout our life, yeah. you know? And so it's a great reminder of, of what gets to be, 
you know, maybe sacrifice in our life or, you know, what gets to fall away? And then how can we be reborn and come back into our power in a, in a more um, full way? So in a nutshell, that's, that's the journey <laughs> of Venus and how we can utilize that in our own personal that's lives. Super cool. Cause I've never, yeah. I've heard of that before that there was something cool with the orbit of Venus, but I've never like personally looked into it. And mm-hmm. I just love that. Wow. I love everything about what you just said. But then another <laughs> thing that kind of makes me think of though, too, is the moving up and down through the chakras because so I've taught like chakra series several times and like with yoga. And when I do, um, we always start with the root chakra and move up, right? Because Mm -hmm. most, and there's a reason for that. It's like mostly by convention, but then also um, most of us that exist like in this society that we exist in have a lot of the kind of air element that would be more associated with like the crown chakra and the upper chakras because Mm -hmm. we're always on technology we're always kind of flighty, like moving around. And so it is most people need to start with grounding. But mm-hmm, exactly. when you talk about manifesting, you actually want to start with the crown chakra because you have an idea and you want to bring it down mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. reality, into material form in the lower, like the lower chakras. Mm-hmm. And then that also mm-hmm. comes back to what we were talking about earlier about how like with COVID, you and a lot of us had to buckle down, clear our plates. And, and that's a death. You know, that's another form of, mm-hmm, of, exactly. of clearing. It happens all the time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, it does. There's all yeah. kinds of, we have to let go of things constantly. And when mm-hmm. we kind of are able to move with that intentionally, I think it helps a lot. The universe will give mm-hmm. and take. And if you like mm-hmm. kind of, attuned with that, then you have a little bit in, mm-hmm. in my experience and opinion, you have a little bit more control over what the universe gives and takes. Exactly. You... Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's really just another way to be, you know, insightful in our own, in our own personal lives and, um, in being, you know, in, in coming from a place of empowerment, like, how can I, how can I see this as information mm. for me or how can I, utilize this experience for my own evolution, Mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a human, you know, I love that. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know I do. I do. I know I've like, I've dove in the more deep I dive into her, the story of Venus. I'm like, that is, it's just so, I, I'm just mind blown by it. You know, it's, it just really makes me fall in love with our universe, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So can you say a little bit more about how that fits into like, when you learned that, uh, how does that either fit into your story or how do you kind of utilize it? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, my inclination is telling me that you use it to help people with your, Mm-hmm. with your coaching and with mm-hmm. your programs. Um, could you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do actually, I really, um, I do utilize it quite a bit in my, in my work that I do with women personally. And, and I always have, um, <laughs> whenever I get a, a new client, I always have them 
I, I, I buy them a, a um, I, I, I have them do an astrology mm. reading because even if they ha- have had one before, because I feel like astrology has been such a wonderful lens for me to, for me to see my own chart. And, you know, I've, I, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but I've had my daughter's chart mm-hmm. read. I've had my husband's heart chart read. You know, I've had like our solar return charts read. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I've had, you know, or I'll do like a, just a rant, you know, I'll have like a business launch chart read. Yeah. <laughs> I just love to have all the charts read because it's so, it is so beneficial or it has been so beneficial for me in terms of, of seeing, seeing through a certain lens, you know, and like, and really just getting to know myself and, and, so, and I want that for my, for my clients, you know, I want them to have that lens for themselves. And then we, and then I always, you know, throughout my coaching, um, I'm a, I do feminine, feminine empowerment coaching. I, I, we always refer back to what came up in their chart mm. or, you know, what placements are happening in their chart and maybe what's currently happening in the sky or what could be hitting their chart. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not an astrologer, so I, I don't know a whole, a whole lot about it, but it gives them a foundation to, to build off mm-hmm. of, um, whether it's with, and I do work, you know, the thing, the planets that I would say I work the closely, most closely with is the moon and Venus. And I, I, you know, just what you were saying about the sun and the moon that I, 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 I just feel the most called, you know, Venus and the moon. And so with my clients, I do, you know, I, and I do host, um, either a full moon or a new moon once a month circle and, 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 and I help people see like where that is hitting their specific Mm -hmm. chart or how it's affecting them personally, because it's like, it, it can, and that's what I feel like is the most beneficial when it comes to knowing the orbit of, of Venus slash any other planet is how it's, how it's showing up for me specifically. Like, how can I take this information that this planet is offering Mm. to me (laughs) at this point? And how can I bring it into my own specific life? Like, is there a certain intention that I can set or is there like a specific ritual that I can do? Or is there a conversation that I can have with somebody in my life or, you know, or is there something that I can do to, to take something off my plate or, you know, hit the reset button, you know, you know, it's like, there's so there's endless opportunities that I can take from whatever the planets are telling me and using it in my personal life for my, for my empowerment. And that's really like at the end of the day, what I do with what I love to do with people because it's, it's changed Mm -hmm. my life so much. It's, I mean, my relationship with my husband has completely shifted the way that I mother my daughter compared to the way I was mothered has, is like totally 180. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I really feel like these guys, these are the planets are guides for me to be the most like empowered version of myself that I can be in my personal life, which is what I, which is really like what I feel like I was put on this earth to do to guide for other people, especially for other women and specifically moms. I love working with moms. So I love that. Yeah. And you say like, you're not an astrologer and that's cool, but it, what everything you just described about how you approach astrology is absolutely how exactly how I approach astrology. And 
I think that's, Mm -hmm. you know, you do it so intuitively and that's beautiful. Um, There's a lot to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Wow. That like gives me chills. Um, So can you say (laughs) a little bit more about working with mothers, working with women? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say, um, I mean, working with women is my passion and it's, you know, it's been my background for a while, just working in the addiction and trauma industry, which I think has given me like a really great back uh, backbone as far as how I work with people. Like I, I have a lot of clinical experience but I also, when I was introduced to coaching, I, I went through a leadership development training and I had never, I just, I never really even knew that that existed. Right. <laughs> and when I was introduced to that, like perspective of life, I mean, my life completely changed. I was like totally sold. So I went, you know, I went through and got some much edu- more education on it. And, um, and I've been doing that since that was back in 2016 And, um, yeah, I, you know, I switched over to working more. So I I was working with people in recovery for a while, but I, um, and I still, I still do like to, you know, I still do like to work with people a little bit later on in recovery, but my passion really is working with moms because I feel like (laughs) if there's anyone who, you know, is so is, how do I want to say this? can be so Mm -hmm. unseen in terms of the work that, that we do in the world. Mm -hmm. It's mothers because we do so much every day. And, um, and I, and I just, I, so I, I, it gives me so much life to work, Mm -hmm. to work with moms and to, and to guide them and empower them to be the, to, to come back to, to ourselves so that we can be a, a partner, a mother, a business owner, you know, or whatever, all the, mm-hmm. all, or all the above. Um, and so, yeah. And, and yeah, so I work, I work with women one-on-one in a, in a coaching way. Um, and you know, I, and I, like I said before, I host my, um, my moon circles at least once a month and, you know, here and there I'll do, I'll do some workshops or I've, I've done a couple Venus workshops depending on where she's at in her, um, in her orbit. But, um, yeah, as of right now I'm, I'm doing my moon circles and my, and my one-on-one coaching. So yeah, it brings me <laughs> tons of purpose in life. So I'm so grateful for it. Your next Venus workshop. So let me know and I will share the crap out of it too because that's amazing. Um, but also I'll share your, you know, your awesome. links to your circles and stuff. Um, so I just have a question yeah. when you say mm-hmm. working with mothers as like, I totally resonate with that as one of the most unseen kind of groups. Like, I don't know, I feel appreciated a lot, but also sometimes I'm like, I do all this stuff. Like we work the second shift when we try to work and then we have the second and sometimes Mm -hmm. third shift at home too. Um, and it just never stops. Mm -hmm. Um, but so would you say, um, so this is something I've seen too, is that like when a baby is born, everybody's there to support the birth of the baby. Right. But who Mm -hmm. is there 
mm-hmm. most times to support the birth of the new mother, like shifting from that mm-hmm. kind of maiden to mother yeah. archetype. Um, yeah. Would you say that mm-hmm. that had something mm-hmm. to do when you like, it sounds like when you kind of birthed into motherhood, that was like a spiritual awakening for you. Would you say that's like, was there something there to support you or someone or you found this on your own or Mm -hmm. how does that show up for you or in your Mm -hmm. work? Yeah, that's a really good question. I really, yeah. Thank you for asking that. Cause I feel like, maybe that's where like, yeah, I'll, well, I'll speak for my own personal experiences that I, I, yeah, I, I hit, I definitely hit a bottom. Like when I delivered in the birth, the birth of my daughter went pretty well, but, um, the postpartum time was so much harder than I was expecting it to be. Like I had a really hard time with it emotionally and physically And I mean, she wasn't sleeping and we were having breastfeeding issues and I mean, just, and then like, we were having, I was having financial issues. My husband and I weren't getting, I mean, it was just like, I had, I had nothing (laughs) going for me and it it, it is hard. And for any moms listening right now who maybe are in that postpartum time and, or had like a really traumatic birth, like I see you. And I hear you and you are not alone. And I just want you to know there are resources out there available. And that was what I, I mean, luckily my husband, like, you know, saw that I was really not okay. And I, you know, what, like I said before, with the tox, you know, before my daughter was born, I lived in this toxic masculinity place where I never let people see me struggle. And I always had to figure it out on my own. And when he saw me struggle, I think it was like, whoa. (laughs) And he ended up reaching out to, we had taken like a, you know, prenatal education class thing. And he reached out to our teacher, like not knowing who to reach out to. And he was like, you know, we were in your class and, and he was like, my wife is not okay. And I don't know what to do. And she Mm. had a postpartum doula come out and and they gave us a a deal, which is you know, and I want to say to anyone listening who thinks that they can't afford this, like, you know, we had like so little money at the time and I had this wonderful postpartum doula come out and she gave us like a really low rate financially because I was, I was in a pretty rough spot and man, just like having, just having someone coming in and Mm. forcing me to go take a shower or forcing me to go lay down you know, while she like cooked dinner for us or, you know, it was just like, just exactly what I needed, Mm -hmm. even just to take the edge off, you know, and that was really the beginning, I think for me of like what everything I'm saying about me coming into my own femininity, because I was, it forced me being in such a hard place after having her forced me to receive help Mm -hmm. and forced me to be in that surrender. And I feel like that was such a valuable lesson for me as stepping into uh, the mother role is that I can't do this alone. I cannot do this alone. And I'm, and I'm here to like preach (laughs) of all the moms right now that we cannot do this alone. And I know that our society is set up Mm -hmm. in a way that we are all very isolated and we are all, you know, put in a place where we're forced to figure it out alone. 
But one of the things that I, I hone in on my clients with or all the moms that I work with is that we, we need to find our resources and our community because Mm -hmm. it is not sustainable. It is not sustainable to do this by ourselves. And so that was, yeah, I mean, that was, that was probably the beginning for me. Um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to think there, if there was anything else that transpired from that, I mean, it really just, yeah, it really just grew from there. Like I, um, I ended up getting, I, I, you know, I, I did, I ended up getting, um, um, a, a new mentor in the 12 step program that are 12 step program that I'm in. And I'm in, I'm actually in a new 12 step program mm. that's specifically around relationships and the way that it, like it, it's taught me a lot about how I, um, how I mother and, and, you know, those, and like, those are, those are free meetings are free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and specifically, uh, specifically Al-Anon, like I love Al-Anon cause it teaches me mm. how to be in a relationship with family members mm-hmm. is really what it has taught me. And I did invest, I did start investing in myself. Like I, I've hired multiple coaches since then who've really helped, uh, helped me embody more of this role that I'm stepping into. And to be honest with you, like, I don't think I've, I, I really haven't stopped advocating for myself in this way, whether it's like through a mentor or coach or therapist, or even just with my husband being like, I need to go outside (laughs) or, you know, or asking, asking for help, Mm -hmm. hiring childcare, like all of those layers were so hard for me to make because I, I don't easily ask for help and receive it, but they are, have been so valuable for me in stepping into the mother role that I know that is going to be the healthiest version for me to be in is like asking and accepting that help really at the end of the day. Well, you say childcare and that like just brings up something for me because I have all this mom guilt around sending my child to childcare during a pandemic. Right. But Mm. I'm with you there. Like when I didn't have that Mm -hmm. and -hmm. I was trying to be a person outside of just existing in my relationship as mom to my child, my mental health was hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I, yeah. So yeah. the whole childcare yeah. thing—it's like mm-hmm. it's a whole thing to not feel guilty, and just and normally there's guilt mm-hmm. around no matter what you do as a mom. And so stepping into that, like I'm in touch with what I need, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna ask for it. Who that's amazing. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Well, it's because we're our own individual people, mm-hmm. you know. And I know it's really easy to, to get like enmeshed into our child's needs because they're a child. And I know that their Mm -hmm. needs come first a lot of the time, but like, and there, there gets to be an and like, yes, my child has needs that need to be met right now. And I also have my own needs that also need to be met right now, you know? And so I hear you. Like it's, <laughs> I was just talking to a friend this morning about the childcare thing yeah. in the pandemic. And I'm like, you know, it's like, what, what, what do I, it's, it's, you know, it's like our emotional, our emotional needs are just as important as right. any other need that we have, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Thanks for everything you've shared today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so do you want to share a little bit more about your current offerings and where folks can find you and all that good stuff? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I am taking on new clients for one-on-one work. Um, people, I would say that I'm very, I'm very active on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram for Amber, at Amber Brown short. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, t- a TikTok where I go more into talking about these things that come up with the mother, with the motherhood and, um, and the divine feminine, uh, I, I go more into that on my TikTok, which is also Amber Brown short. And yeah, I have a, um, a website. You can check me out on there. I have, I do have one of my previous courses available on there, which is actually about more about business. Mm. It's specifically around businesses and using the divine feminine energy in a business. It's called the red rose codes of business. It's one of my favorite, favorite things I've created. But so that's on my website. It's called Amber Rose Magdalena.com. And yeah, I would say that those are probably the best ways to find me. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I saw that. Um, course up there I was just poking around your website a little bit before our conversation uh-huh. I was like wow that looks like really cool the course <laughs> um, it was it was really yeah I it was I actually use a lot of rose medicine in that um and I actually gift I gift a little gift set nice. to people because I because it really was yeah it's it's pretty much how I got my business up and up and going and after hiring a business coach and yeah it was really it was really fun to make <laughs> It's probably one of my favorite offerings that I have. So, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to leave us with? Last things you want to share? I, you know, I just want to say thank you for having me on here. And I love, love, love talking about all this stuff. And, you know, like I said before, for any moms who are out there, listening, you know, if you're, if you're struggling, like, please reach out to somebody, you know, and, um, and that you're not alone. So I see you mm. and thank you for, thank you for being here. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And that's a wrap for today, y'all. As always, you can find all the links from this episode, like how to find Amber, how to find me, how to find the other episode that I brought up. Um, the upcoming retreat, all that stuff you can find linked in the show notes. I am eternally grateful that you're here and especially for those of y'all that stick around to the end. So thanks for being here. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light until next time.